That's my best mate, Ben, Ben Shaw. And we chatted to him uh, way back in season two. Uh, I guess that's episode 13. It's Cancer was the title of that episode. And I interviewed him and his wife, Karen, in their London flat as uh, they grappled with the news of cancer. And I spoke to them after the uh, quite dramatic surgery where they took out his jaw. A lot's happened since then. Last time we chatted, we were at your place in London. Yeah. You'd just had surgery for this horrible cancer in your jaw. Yeah. And now you're at my place in Sydney. Yeah. And a lot of stuff's happened yeah. in between. Can you um can you bear just giving us an overview of what's happened? I was in Argentina and Uruguay uh, having a holiday and I couldn't look through the camera. I I I do like some photography as a hobby and I, I couldn't look through the camera lens properly my left eye wouldn't close I always looked through the lens with my right eye and my left eye just wouldn't close properly and uh, I came back to London and got an optometrist to look at me they diagnosed me with Bell's palsy but I contacted my surgical team who said you better come into the cancer ward as soon as possible and they diagnosed sadly another tumour in roughly the same place in my jaw, in my cheek, uh, down near my well, my back cheek, uh, behind the mandible of the jaw. And I went through uh, radiotherapy and then immunotherapy and none of those worked. And then the, the last choice really is chemotherapy. And I could have that in England, I could have that in Australia. And given the choice, we want to come back to Australia and be amongst our closest friends. We've got a lot of people we love in London. We lived there 16 years. But um, our closest and dearest friends, like yourself, <laughs> um, we want to be around you guys and face chemotherapy here in Australia. So what was it like when um, the professor in London said the immunotherapy had not worked? Can you, do you remember? Yeah, I, I remember getting really sad there. Karen being, Karen, my wife, was really sad. It was very sobering. Um, I, I'm not afraid of the other side of death, but I'm afraid of this side of death. Mm. I'm afraid of getting worse and being full of pain and um, maybe going deaf to my left ear and blind in my left left eye. Uh, I'm worried all about that. Mm. The tumour is growing near my skull, so I don't know what it's going to do to my brain. <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm, 
I was I was scared. Uh, I still am. Mm. Um, but now we've come here, and uh, yeah, we're fighting my tumor with chemotherapy. Yeah, Ben is an incredible trooper. He has a very high pain threshold. Uh, so when he has pain spikes and we have to give him morphine, uh, he'll say it's it's just pain level four, <laughs> which would be a lot higher for most of us. So uh, he you know he really struggles on with with such dignity and uh, and strength. He still gets dressed every day, puts his R M Williams on or his uh, Adidas Romes, if uh, listeners remember those uh, those shoes. And um, he does the best he can. And uh, some days that's pretty darn good. He uh, keeps up with friends around the world through email. He plays his guitar a lot. He set up his, uh, his PA rig and guitars in his room. Um, we watch movies together. Uh, Netflix. Um, he carries around a syringe driver that slowly... Uh, releases, you know, very uh, meticulous elements, uh, amounts of uh, morphine and various other uh, lollies. Um, and his left face is, um, he's quite embarrassed about his left face. He's a very handsome man, <laughs> if any of you have seen uh, photos of him. Uh, but the left side of his face is uh, disfigured and um, as the cancer grows inside and out and um, his left eye has been sewn shut as a as a precaution because it was beginning to play up ben plays his guitar as much as he can uh, at the moment in fact you can hear him in the background in the other room and here's something he's been writing and recording over the last few weeks Somehow wrote a book <laughs> through this whole thing over the last couple of years. So, uh, just just tell me what what is the book? I mean, it's n it's not. Hey, mm. I'm a pastor who got cancer. It's just nothing <laughs> no. like that, which would have been the temptation for a lot of yes. different sorts of people. Yeah. But what is the book? Uh, the book is called Seven Reasons to Reconsider Christianity. Um, for many years, I saw. Um, and met with non-Christians, uh, including members of my own family, who had very shallow reasons for not believing in what the Bible had to say, um, or for rejecting Christianity for other reasons. Most of them had very shallow um, reasons for, for rejecting Christianity. And I want them to reconsider. Um, and so I, I wrote this book down. This book in its infant stages uh, came to me, well, many years ago in some ways, but certainly before I had cancer. And I thought I'd turn it into a course. And the course would be exactly that, 
reasons to consider Christianity and then it evolved into a book and it was going to be six sort of Wednesday nights, come over to my place, have a meal, have a glass of wine and then hear a talk from me, uh, six talks in a row. But yeah, then it evolved into a book, I thought of another reason and hence seven reasons to reconsider Christianity. There's just one paragraph pretty much toward mm. the very end of the book. I mean, that, that <laughs> says, you know, I'm looking down the barrel of something pretty mm. awful here. So it's incredibly underplayed. It's it's very you. <laughs> uh, I, I, I can't help thinking that I would have opened up with it and <laughs> milked it for all it's worth, but you and I are very different. Mm. Um, I, I guess I want to ask, you know, going through what you're going through, whether it's caused you to reconsider your Christian faith, mm. to, to pinch the title. Of yeah, book. yeah. Uh, it certainly has. Um, well, I was quite happy not to put it in at all, um, the fact that I was uh, facing death with cancer. But my wife said, you've got to put that in the book. And I'm sure and, the publisher did yeah, too. And the publisher, yeah. <laughs> they probably um, wanted it on the cover. They, they, they said, there's <laughs> got to be a chapter, um, even if it's a mini chapter, at the end of the book, which it is. And um, some of the people I gave the book to in its earlier stages um, and who recommended the book, who uh, appear in the sort of first um, part of the book, they said to me, they, they said to me over the phone, they rang me and said, look, I really think you should have your mini chapter about your cancer at the start of the book. Um I was in two minds about it. I don't, I don't really know whether it's going to be better at the start or the end. Or... I and... think it's way more powerful the way you've done it, honestly. Yeah. Because the book stands on its own. Yeah. I mean, A, it's not your first book. You mm. know how to write mm. a book. Mm. And B, it's it's really like the 30 years of your ministry mm. reaching diverse people in a book. Mm. I, I'm glad that the reader doesn't know the significance of it really mm. till the end. Mm. And, you know, as probably the only person who's seen you preach mm. in an Aboriginal community, mm. in a maximum security jail, <laughs> uh, universities, pubs, schools, <laughs> street corners, mm. schools, mm. Wimbledon Common, Wimbledon Theatre. I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, um, when I read this book, I thought, "Oh my goodness, this is hmm. this is Ben Shaw's greatest hits," <laughs> and so did all the people that have written all over it. I mean, mm. Amy or Ewing, Rico Tice, mm. Rebecca Manley Pippet, mm. Philip Jensen, and on and mm. on. I've said similar and things. Anyway, yourself. I don't want this to be an ad. I, I said I didn't want this to be an ad, and here I've just made it an ad. But I guess my question is: Did you? Did has it? Has this experience of cancer? Yes. And that it really doesn't seem to be getting better, dented your Christian faith. When I was diagnosed with cancer, and as I've had bad news along the way about it, I I did reconsider Christianity. Does do I really believe this? Mm. And I can confidently say, yes, I do. Even more so. Um, 
I, I honestly believe it's true. It's real. I have total confidence in what will happen to me when I die, after I die, um, and what will happen to all Christians. Mm. I'm, I am deeply even more confident in these things. You've mentioned, you know, some of your fears, mm. um, not death, but getting to the point of death. But are you finding any joy? Oh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> there are times where I, I even forget I have this. Yeah. I completely, you know, I just, I'm in the middle of a dinner party like we had the other night, and I completely forget how I look, how I sound, that I have cancer, and I have heaps of joy. And I'm 53. It's not like I'm dying at a very young age. I, I thank God. I thank friends, I thank my family that I've had such a good 53 years. Um, that brings me a lot of joy. Um, yeah, having travelled the world in over, I think it's 45 countries I've visited now, I've had a, a very good, fun life, and that brings me a, a lot of joy, and I'm very thankful to God for that. And we've had a couple of many private concerts over yeah, there in the lounge yes, room that have been yeah playing music together awesome has yeah. been a real joy yeah. yeah um do you think we could play my listeners um one of the hymns that we 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 play yeah together a lot i would love that Psalms, yeah, and it's, it's, it's one of the privileges to sort of you know hmm. read read with you and Karen. Hmm. Um, what's your favourite? Um, uh, it used to be Psalm seventy three, hmm. and I think that's because I just thought it had a great story about it. Um, and then it was at times uh, Psalm 23, which is everyone's favourite, and then for a while it was Psalm 22. Yeah. My God, my God, why? Yeah. Uh, I, um, but where I'm, have you landed? Like I've, as I've landed now. at Psalm 55, I think. Okay. Yeah. Are you willing to read that for us? Sure. I, I didn't prepare you for any of what I'm asking you. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would love there's to. A, there's a Bible. I'm pretty sure to. you know your way around one of those. And as you're finding it... What, what, what do you what do you like about it? Why have you been drawn to this one? Oh, there have been a number of um, verses that really resonate uh, with me. Uh, well, let me just read the first couple of paragraphs to uh, verse fourteen. Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and. Answer me. 
My thoughts trouble me and I am distraught because of what my enemy is saying, because of the threats of the wicked, for they bring down suffering on me and assail me in their anger. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. I said, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. glad you got to hear from Ben again. He's been one of the biggest influences in my life since we were 12 and perhaps never more so than in these recent days. Buff and I have been focusing a lot on Ben and Karen uh, as they live with us in these precious days and that's meant that we've had to delay the launch of season four of Underceptions just a little bit longer. But the team is hard at work behind the scenes on some amazing full-length episodes on religious liberty, mental health, abortion, and much more. Until then, I hope you enjoy these Underceptions singles, which we'll put out each week in the lead-up to the new season. See ya. You've been listening to the Eternity Podcast Network. EternityPodcasts dot com dot au